Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Adoption Chronicles. This is episode 27 or the last episode in season 2 of uh, what has been a very uh, <clears throat> successful and broken 2022. So um, I'm very, very honoured to have as my first guest in the studio, second guest in the studio, actually, um, a, a Twitch streamer, um, and also my son, Cameron. Welcome to the show, Cameron. Hello, and thank you for having me on. My pleasure. And hang so, on, who was who was before me? My dad, Trevor. Ah. Yeah, so he was in and he gave us his story, so... Uh, tonight's a bit of an interesting episode in that this is literally the first thing that we're doing in 2023. The uh, midnight clock rang exactly, oh, about an hour ago now, and this will be coming to you in a couple of hours, I reckon. So, Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year, everybody, absolutely. <laughs> um, and before we get into it... Um, I just want to thank everybody for coming on as guests and everybody that's listened to the podcast throughout 2022. Um, it's absolutely blown me away with how much interest and, uh, well, how many people have got on board. And I've got to say that my life has got quite busy and I've been away for a month or two now, but uh, somewhere back. Um, and we'll be back a little bit more regularly than I have been in the last part of last year. And 
one thing that I have noticed is there's everybody's got their own individual story, and so there's adopted uh, kids or adopted people that have shared their story of search for their adoptive parents, adopted parents, or the parents that have given them up, the parents that adopted their children out. We've talked to them, and it's uh, some of the stories have been really successful and really happy. Some of them have been uh, quite sad. Some of them have been a little bit angry at what's happened to them as well. Um, but you're all unique and have your own stories. And, yeah, to fill you guys in, um, I spent nearly a month away from home working on the World Cup, um, for the T20 Cricket World Cup in Tasmania and here in Adelaide. Did you miss me, Cameron? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. The whole household missed you dearly. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and then when I came back, I was lucky enough that uh, I was representing South Australia in the over-50s nationals, so I was away again. Hey, hang on. There's, I've got a button for that. Oh, no. I've been replaced. Yay by me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, that was uh, another... Uh, well, lead up and a week of competition that uh, saw me uh, push my body to its nth degree and it took me a while to recover from that. And then getting back to work, I've been travelling uh, extensively for work as well, so haven't been able to do the podcast, but... Until now. Absolutely. So, um, now, Cameron is not adopted, but he is... Uh, my son, and he has an adopted parent. Mm-hmm. So um, every so often, Cameron and my daughter, Emma, ask me questions about my adopted life, what it's what it's like, and other questions that they're interested about. So I'm going to tell you my story, and Cameron's going to either interview me or ask questions and stop me and ask questions that are interested to him throughout my story, I guess you could say. Yes. So it's a little bit uh, interesting in my head at the moment, being the host and the subject and kind of doing the intro. The the special guest of your own show. Well, you're the special guest, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm the subject, I guess. So, yeah, a little bit... Out of left field, but not a bad way to start the year as well. And I know there's enough of you out there that have been asking me to do this that I think it's high time that I tell you my story. So, um, best way to start is at my beginning, which was 1972 Manly Hospital. I was um, obviously born there, and I believe after four weeks... I was uh, ready to go, apparently. I was sitting up, done with being in the hospital, and they called my parents, um, mum and dad, and they came and picked me up and drove me back and up to the Central Coast. And uh, I grew up normal, um, and I reckon by the time 
that I understood language and had a proper conversation with mum and dad, they told me that I was adopted. And I didn't really know what that meant until... And what what age, roughly, would you say that Probably five or six, oh. I reckon, quite young. So I've always known. Um, and I'm very lucky in that all of my cousins growing up and my uncles and aunties and my grandparents, I didn't feel like I was treated any differently. Um, and I grew up pretty close with my cousin Mark and Paul. Um, they're only months uh, younger than me. So I was born in the January, I reckon they were the April and May. <clears throat> but we grew up together pretty well. Um, the only real difference, I think, was one particular Christmas. I think we must have had a um, a gathering at um, Paul's place, I reckon. And they were standing around saying, oh, Mick, you could... Uh, you could read every word in the newspaper and you could tell us what that means. And I'm like, why can't you guys? Like, that's that's about the only time that I felt that I was treated differently, but I think that's because of more what was in between my ears than anything else. So, um, yeah, so as far as the way that my family, adopted family, treated me, um, I had a perfectly normal upbringing um, and didn't really think a lot about it. Um, there were the odd, um, not so much jibes towards me, but every now and again you'd hear a joke in society, whether it was on TV or um, a joke at school or something like that, or, or you'd go to somebody else's house and one of the brothers or sisters would say to the other sibling, oh, uh, you're, you must be adopted, right, because uh, you don't fit in. And I'm like, uh, there's nothing wrong with being adopted, you, you know. And I kind of obviously didn't speak out a lot, but I kind of knew that being adopted wasn't normal. Mm. Um, do you have any sense of... Do you have any feelings towards that at all? Because you're not adopted. Cameron's not yeah. adopted. He's my biological lad. Um, I have no idea. No idea? So to you, everything's just normal. Yeah, everything's right? just normal. Yeah. So, and this is this is part of what I think. I, um, there are, I, hang on. There are some parts where it's like, oh, you don't really look like your parents... Are you adopted? No. Yep. No. So you don't, you get that your... Sometimes I get, you don't look anything like your dad or your mum. Really? Mm. Okay. Mm. Rarely. Yeah. But it's like, hang on a minute. I've been compared to my dad quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You only have to look at us from behind, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we've got very similar body shapes, same colour hair, uh, you're currently growing your beard out. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> so, yeah, you're getting there. Um, but 
like you've heard in many, many stories that, and we've talked to many adopted people, and it was, I must have been 17 or 18, so about your age, Cameron, mm-hmm. when the laws in New South Wales changed and it was a lot easier for people to find each other, whether it was an adopted person looking for their birth parents or their birth parents were looking for their children, their their biological children that they gave up for adoption. So what, before... What do you mean by the laws changed for that to So happen? before then, there was pretty much a blanket put over any ability for people to search for each other biologically. So if you gave up your child for adoption, that was pretty much it. So basically, like, if it was in modern day, um, give up your child for adoption, you can't use Ancestry.com or something. There was no, As nothing in, like that, yep. Like modern day, you weren't allowed to use Ancestry or something? No. Wow. No, there was, there was no contact information at all. Um, you weren't able to access birth records. So, you know, it would have been the early 90s uh, that those records were made available. And I remember mum coming in and saying, telling me that news, that it had happened, and if I wanted to search for my parents. And before then, I obviously had these thoughts, these imaginary parents, right? Because I knew mum and dad, right? But if I'd got sent to my bed early and I was in trouble or something like that, and I'd be like, wonder what life would have been like if I wasn't adopted, Mm. right? And I imagined, because I was born in Manly Hospital, I imagined that my birth mother was young, out of wedlock, it was a bit of a mistake, and she went and uh, had me, gave me up, and then went back home again to her mansion on Manly Beach, right? So I'm figuring that I missed out on a life of, you know, big money, um, Mm. you know, and everything that I missed out on, Um, and obviously clear fantasy land right there. So you just kind of put yourself into the best situation that you could. Yeah. And that didn't happen often, but, you know, that was the kind of fantasy land that that you kind of thought about every now and again. So the news came out that the laws had changed and I thought about my options and... At the time, I think I was uh, not necessarily going through things that were tough, but I wasn't, uh, I didn't think about things in a very positive way. I'm like, you gave me up, so that's it. You're done. You don't care. Well, not necessarily didn't care, but more so... I didn't want to, I don't know, give them the satisfaction 
of like that's a decision that's made, that's it, that's done. Oh. Right? So I was very, very happy with my decision not to look for my birth parents. That was as far as I was, I was concerned. Uh, that was it. Done. I don't want to know. This is my life now. And I'm going to lead it how I want to live it. It was going pretty good, so you might as well keep going. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I didn't, there was no reason for me to look. Mm. That's right. And uh, it wasn't that long into the future, probably maybe 12 months, maybe less. Um, I got home from work. So I'm, I can't remember where I was working, but I got home from work and I had to go and play a representative game of indoor cricket. So I oh, played. I remember this story. Yeah. Mm. So I come home, I have a shower. Or I might have got ready for cricket, but it was a big game of cricket, I remember. <clears throat> and mum comes and she goes, oh, I've got, got a letter I want to show you, right? And it was a letter from my birth mother, and her name is Betty, right? So we'll call her Betty from now on. And it was... To be honest, I can't remember what the letter consisted of, but, like, how she wrote it and the story attached to it or whatever, I, I it didn't... Um, the, the intricate messages of it didn't sink in, but the message as a whole did. And that, she, that was that she wanted to reach out and contact me, right? And I'm like... Mum, you could have waited until after cricket. That was the first she, thing that I thought. She's really great with timing. <laughs> timing is, yeah, not her strong point. But, you know, she had to get it out of her system too. Mm. So I could understand that. Like, she couldn't just sit there and hold on to it for as long as, you know. When you got things that are quite big, you got to get them off your chest. Mm. But I'm driving to cricket and I'm like, what do I do? So this is really back in the day where you had to write a letter and send it off. We were going to the post. You didn't have email? No emails. <gasps> no, no mobile phones. No internet. No nothing. Right? It was snail mail. I'm, I'm uh, Adoption of Chronicles listeners. I'm not that naive. I do realise that uh, <laughs> email and technology wasn't around then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, driving to cricket and then throughout the game, every now and again it would pop in to my head. And I don't think I played too bad. I think I did okay because I used to open the bowling for the rep team. And I can't remember, I think... It, was a bad game, but I just remember thinking she could have told me after the game. <laughs> like, like I wasn't as switched on as normal. Um, mm. In the end, I decided that okay, she's reached out, so um, let's do it. Let's. Um, so I wrote a letter back. Again, I can't remember what I wrote. But it was along the lines of, yep, um, happy to, you know, see 
see you guys, right? And as it turned out, she had moved to Bundaberg in Queensland, right? So that's like half, nearly halfway up the Queensland coast. So a long way away from where we were on the central coast of New South Wales. And we conversed a bit. I think we ended up exchanging phone numbers, had a phone call or two. Um, now, as you can probably attest to, Cameron, I'm not the most emotional person. Mm-hmm. So I was quite dry with the whole situation. Yep. And I just thought, you know, this is the way that communication would go um, from time to time. And then I found out that mum and Betty had been having chats um, without my knowledge, which, you know, they're both grown adult women. That's fine. Like, I didn't, I wasn't offended or anything like that. Yeah. Um, But the next surprise on my list was that... uh, I got a phone call from mum. I might have been at work or she might have said it at some point or something like that, that Betty was coming to town. Oh, full of surprises. Full of surprises. It was surprise, (laughs) surprise. I'm like, oh, okay. Things were moving quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Things were moving a lot quicker than I'd planned and anticipated. And I thought to myself, this is all moving quite quickly and it's out of my control. And it's all kind of just falling on you at once. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um and then again, I'm pretty sure the first time it was just Betty. Right. So then Yeah, so I got home from work and then Betty's in the lounge room with mum and dad. Right. And I'm like, ah, oh, now what do I do? It was quite awkward, right? And so I said hi, and we had a hug, right? But no tears, no real. It was more like meeting a stranger, and then hi, how are you going? It's like meeting one of Mum's friends, mm. but obviously it was a lot more than that, right? And like I've seen so many adoption meetings where they yeah. break down in tears and it's all crying and happy tears, right? But for me... There I'm, was... I'm assuming the that would have been due to a long build-up of, oh, talks over the phone and yeah. letters and stuff. Potentially. Um, or even the meeting. Like, for us, it was... It felt like only a matter of months. Mm. Like, it just happened so quick. I reckon I might have been a little bit older, actually, 22, 23, because the way the timeline works, this is all about the same time as when I met your mum. Uh-oh. Right? So it all ties in together, actually. Um, so to put that into context, I had been talking to this young lady on the internet, right? Oh. So the internet was actually very, very... You are a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. No, it was... <laughs> Um, I was talking with somebody, a friend of mine, and they were 
suspicious that their partner was cheating on them online, right? So they asked me to create a profile. So the chats on the internet, yeah, I reckon it would have been 94, 95, something like that, right? So you're just sending email upon email. Oh, no, no, not really. No, no, there were these chat rooms, right? So script. So you would like Messenger, but there was 50, 70, 100 people in one chat group, right? And then there'd be different rooms, right? So I was given the task to check this particular name and see what they were doing, right, from my friend. Mm. And as it turned out, like my typing skills were one finger, right? But to try to keep up with the conversations on this chat thing, it was good for my typing, right? right? So my typing skills improved by trying to keep up with the conversations, right? And so I started to talk to this one particular administrator who would give you colours to stand out more. Mm-hmm. And that was your mum. Oh, no, she was a Discord admin. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> um, so her name was Puggles. Oh, you've heard this one, yes. right? And my name was Cos, right? C O S, and just Cos, right? Oh, we're talking early days, mate. That, that, <laughs> it's worse because that was one of my names for Twitch like two years ago. Oh no, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, serious? Yeah, C O S. No, it was well, you just said oh, just, just Cos, cause, yeah. so it was yeah, just. Cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. There you go. So the apple doesn't fall <laughs> far from the tree. Damn it. <laughs> but anyway, so as these two stories are going along separately, they will come together. Right? At some point. Yeah. So I'd been asked, uh, well, so I lived with my best mate, Anthony, right? And our other best mate, Tim, had already moved up to Queensland. And Tim, or Anthony, was deciding or thinking about moving up to Queensland. And one of the things that we're going to do was go on a road trip. So I'd already kind of penciled in a road trip up to Queensland with my friends, right? So I used to go every Boxing Day. I would go up to Brisbane from... Central Coast to hang out with the lads and have New Year's Eve up in Brisbane and then come back to work. And it was similar, I reckon. And so I told, I reckon I told Betty as well, and she said, oh, you should come up to Bundaberg and I'll introduce you to your half-brother Stephen, David, and your half-sister uh, Rebecca. Right? So they're all up in Bundaberg and your grandparents, right? And I reckon there was another time as well. So another meeting, I got told that Betty had brought her mum, so my grandmother, mm. and she was in in our house as well. So it's quite foggy, all this type of stuff. You can tell that I'm really emotionally 
involved. Oh, of course. Because the memories are that clear. <laughs> but there was another time where Betty brought her mum to meet me in our house. And she was a nice lady. Um, yeah, we got on quite well. Um, but I only met her the once. Um, and so once she realised I was coming up to Brisbane, she said, come up to Bundaberg for a couple of days and hang out. I'm like, okay, no problem. Now, how it ties back in, um, things had gotten a little bit more serious um, with your mum. With the Discord admin. Yeah. And she said, oh, and she lived in Adelaide. So the beautiful city of Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she goes, oh, well, when are you having holidays next? And I said, oh, um, in about five or six weeks, over Christmas, I reckon, um, Boxing Day. Um, no, it must, must have been later in the year, right? Um, so she got excited. Uh-oh. And I said, oh. Well, some bad news with that is that I've already kind of booked in to drive up to Queensland, right? And she's like, oh, okay. Well, why don't I fly to Sydney and we'll all drive up, right? Can you imagine that happening today? You met somebody in the internet and then they'll fly halfway across the country and then take a... 15-hour drive in the car with them up the other side of the country. I did half of that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I that obviously flabbergasted me yep. somewhat. Okay. So... A bit lost for words. A bit lost for words. Yep, my life was definitely uh, taking a turn, not for the worst, but into... Uncharted territory, right? So I was about to meet um, this person on the internet for the first time. I wasn't 100% sure she was going to rock up at the airport, so I didn't really prepare well, got to say. Um, and then she turned up. I'm like, oh, um, okay. Didn't expect that, so... <laughs> But anyway, the next day we jumped in the car and we drove up to Brisbane, stayed there for a while, and then uh, left Anthony in Brisbane with Tim and Anita and I drove up to Bundaberg to meet the family. Um, and one thing that uh, was actually in... Yeah, because I met Stephen in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So Stephen, so what happened was after I met Betty, she told me that uh, the the bloke she was seeing told she told him that she was pregnant with his kid, which was me, and he said, "Oh, well, I'm married." Uh oh. Uh huh. That's not good. No, and I've already got two daughters. So I'm out of here. Oh. Right? So at that time, she then had nobody, right? 
And it was pretty much taboo to be a single mother back then. And I'm not sure how much pressure she got off her parents. I can't tell you that because I don't know. But obviously the decision was made to adopt me out, right? So all I'm aware of is that my birth father, I think he may have been in the Air Force and he's got, well, two older girls than what I am. And obviously I have no idea what happened after that. And my opinion, my thoughts on that is that I'm not searching for him. I don't want to know. Um, and for a long time, I was quite angry about him and his story. And if I had these um, thoughts that if he knocked on the front door, then I would be pretty not very friendly to him. But since then, I've realised that what I've got um, is definitely I'd be in a better position now than what I would have been if I wasn't adopted. Um, because as it turned out, uh, Betty had quite a mobile history. So she was in uh, Victoria, spent time there, came up in Sydney, and then uh, moved around the place all over the shop. So she, when I met her in Bundaberg, she was looking after um, like a scouts camping facility. Like it had a lot of, um, like a Boy Scouts type uh, retreat yeah. type accommodation thing that had scouts coming in everywhere or I don't even know if it was scouts but it was like Something really like really cheap ass accommodation uh, that was for school kids like mm-hmm. for camps and stuff like that and she had been all around the east coast of, of Australia with um, with her um, so her new um, partner they had Stephen, and he is pretty much one year uh, younger than me. Oh. Right? So with that, I thought, hmm, one year. You couldn't just hang on <laughs> for one year, <laughs> right? So it was a pretty quick turnaround, right? And when I met him, he was a big bloke like me. Only he had um, blonde hair um, and he was a little bit um, loose with how he treated his own life. So he was a little bit vagrant as well. So he was out and about and living life and all this. Um, So, yeah, so what happened was we went up to Bundaberg and I met David and Rebecca there. So David was two years younger than me or two years younger than Stephen and he was about ready to join the army. So he was a little bit more um, directional, if that's a word. Um, And I also met 
Rebecca, who was a couple of years younger than David. She was keen as mustard to form a relationship with me. Um, all the other people that I met up there were really cool. We met around a barbecue. I introduced Anita and everything seemed quite good, right? Now, in my head, I'm new in their world. And obviously, I'm just a singular and they're a big group. So I yeah. didn't really know what my role was. So I'm kind of like, okay, well, you tell me. So I kind of let them drive the next period, right? So we went back down to Brisbane and met up with Stephen and met another cousin. Now, I can't remember the cousin's name, but we met two of them, right? <clears throat> and then we decided that we would go camping on Stradbroke Island, right? So this is, yeah, mid-90s, right? So the cousin and I can't for the life of me remember his name, but so he brings over this four-wheel drive ute with no canopy on the back. We chucked our eskies and everything on the back of the ute and me, so this must have been, this was a different time, so there was no, no Anita. So I've driven up to Brisbane, must have been another boxing day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely summer because we went camping on uh, Stradbroke Island. So sorry for skipping around the place, but it's all pretty much... A bit foggy. It's a bit foggy. It's a little bit kind of moulded into one. Um, and there are important bits coming up. Um, but So we all thought to ourselves, well, we've got everything in the back of the ute. There's... Five of us, it's a twin, it's not a twin cab. This is a single cab ute with two seats, right? So we're thinking, how are we getting, how, how do we get there, right? <laughs> now, um, so the two cousins are in the front and me, Anthony and Stephen jump in the back of the ute, right? Oh. So we're sitting in the back on the tray, driving down the expressway with all our gear, like, couple of dogs, um, <laughs> but we drove past everybody and nobody batted an eyelid, right? That was a different world back then, right? So we get on the so ferry. Safety wasn't that much of a concern. No. <laughs> no. We, um, it didn't seem all that unusual, to be honest. Like, just jump in the back of the ute, lads. She'd be right, right? If you fall out, you fall out. Well, funny you should say that. Uh-oh. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, no. Right? So we get over to Stradbroke Island, we make camp, and then we're like, so we had one beer, right? And so we weren't drunk or anything like that, and the cousin, I wish I could remember his name, but um, we went for a drive on the sand, right? Now, we mustn't have been able to put the locking nuts on the front wheels in properly, because we kind of got bogged a bit in the soft sand. But we got out of it, and then we're driving on the hard sand, right? And me, Stephen, and Anthony are in the back, right? And we're just standing this time on the beach, standing on the ute, holding on, right? Now, 
I was on the right. Anthony was in the middle. And Stephen was on the left. I remember this as clear as day, right? So that means it would be pretty funny then. Oh, not necessarily, right? Or it could have been the other way around. But Anthony was definitely in the middle. And then the cousin swerves. Oh. Does a little turn of the wheel, right? So we kind of go, oh, hey, you know, all having fun. And then Stephen falls out of the ute. Hang on. Yep. The one driving. No, 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 no. Stephen is my half-brother. Oh, oh. I right. thought you said Stephen was driving. Did I? No, the cousin was driving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he falls out and he knocks himself out. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So oh, we no. pull up stumps, obviously, and I'm tapping on the thing going, Stephen fell out. We've got to stop. Go back, right? We go get him, we call triple zero, right? And it was full emergency because he was, he blacked out, right? Well, he hit his head on the He car? hit his head on the, um, on the hard sand. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, so the ambulance took him to a hospital in Brisbane and there was a big, um, not so much an argument, right? Now, this was like the first time I'd met Stephen pretty much, mm. right? Like, I'd met him once before, and... It was for, just casual. It was like, this is the get-to-know-you bit, right? And so the cousin looks at me, and he goes, you're his brother. you got to go into Brisbane with him. And I'm like... I don't know anything about his history or any contact details for his other, you know, anything, man. You're his cousin. You've I grew up with him. I just met the guy and Ab- he's just got and done this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? I, so, yeah, the cousin and Anthony took him in and I stayed with the other cousin uh, on the beach, right? Because we obviously were packed up in the camp and um, it was an interesting night because this other cousin turned out to be a bit of a weirdo, right? Oh. Yeah. No, he's just, well, there's nothing. As in just, just. Just a weird guy. Just weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was an interesting night. But the coppers got involved. oh And they thought that he was just rolling drunk, right? And we're oh. like, no, 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 no. He had one beer, and then you got accused of him smuggling in alcohol because they reckon he was completely drunk. But, um, yeah, poor old Stephen, mate, he copped it um, off the Queensland coppers. So, dodgy um, bust. Yeah, well, <laughs> hello to all the Queensland coppers out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was an interesting story. Um, and,. I'm not sure how well I've told it, but that was 30-something years ago. Um, but I thought that's, you know, we're starting to build a bit of a relationship going. bit of stories. The name happening. is starting to get around. Yeah, yeah, right. So then that all comes to a close and I drive home and then the next bit of 
communication I had was from Rebecca, right? And she asked me... How, what was the... So she's my half-sister. So probably six months, right? Maybe more down the track. Um, She asked me if I would be her partner at a debutante ball. So this is like a relic from the 60s where the the ladies presented to society, right? So it's a bit of a... It's a fancy bow-tie type event, right? Yuck. And I just couldn't get time off work, right? And I said, look, I'd really like to. Um, thanks for the, uh, the opportunity and the invite, but I just can't get time off work and I can't do it. I'm really sorry, right? And, yep, no problem. And then not much communication at all. And I'm kind of every now and again, like, I'm getting on with my life, right? I'm very, very busy at this stage, right? So I'm working five, six days a week, playing cricket on Saturday, and I'm playing indoor cricket probably four or five nights a week if I'm not Playing cricket, I'm umpiring indoor cricket, Jeez. earning a bit of extra coin. Jeez. Every single day I was doing something. Relating to cricket. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now, in the winter, I used to play touch football, right? And okay, indoor so, cricket. So, right? Oh, I was so, about to say no bats involved. but then, Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Cameron loves cricket. <laughs> um, but I was probably playing... Three nights a week, mixed on Sundays, but I was playing touch football at least once a week, and playing. I was even I was even playing rep touch football, so it was very very active. So I didn't have time to to dig deep into other things, right? Um, and also I didn't really know the etiquette either. Like, was I supposed to really bust their ass and, and contact them all the time? And I'm not a needy person, mm. right? And I didn't want to seem needy. And then I reckon at least a year or so went by, right? And you didn't... No that? communication at all. Oh. Right? But because I'm so busy, I didn't... It didn't really... Cross your mind to reach out? No, right? And I don't know if I should have. Maybe I should have. I don't know. But is it was it my place to? I can't really put my mind back to that place and go, could I, should I, would I have done anything could different? Could have, should have, would have. Yeah. I mean, I'm a young fella in my own head. But the next bit of communication I had was from Betty via mum in a letter. Um, I mean, I don't even remember getting Christmas cards. <gasps> right? Not Christmas cards. Yeah. Back then it was a big deal, right? You'd have Venetian blinds full of Christmas cards, right? So getting a Christmas card or not getting a Christmas card was, was a big deal back then. And... It was an apology letter, right? And it was a letter saying, oh, um, Rebecca got married 
And I'm sorry, I forgot to invite you to the wedding. Yeah. Right? Now, how do you reckon I felt when I got that letter? Okay. You either felt gutted or... Okay. Well, I was fairly upset. And if you can think about some of the emotions that you may have had thinking about the rejection of being adopted in the first place because obviously your birth mother has given you up so you have this feeling of being rejected right or forgotten about or whatever right mm. and then and then it happened again right so at this point i had a choice i could either do nothing and just let it go and then just wipe my hands of everything and say that's it that's enough for me right or i could write back and say oh no that's okay well you know let's have another crack right so you know me how do you reckon i went with that Well, I know you now. I don't know the younger version of you. I was a fair bit angrier back then. Ah. So you wrote back angry? Oh, oh no. So that bridge got burnt. That was a burnt bridge right there. Yeah. So, yeah, that was enough for me. I didn't write back at all. So I didn't write back a nasty letter. Um, And I understand things happen, but... The fact that I got forgotten about... Again? Again? Was... Or at least forgotten about, I think, was was probably the one that made me go, nah, that's I, f- I feel like if you were able to take time off work and go to the ball, you would have. Maybe? Maybe? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Or been a bit more active, maybe? Yeah. So there's those thoughts too, like... Should I have been more active? Like, was it my responsibility? She reached out to me and wanted to meet me, mm. right? Then the ball was in her court. Do I then... And this is something that I think would happen time and time again. What is my responsibility in coming into a new family and group? The mm. Brothers and the sisters didn't reach out either, right? Didn't you say Rebecca tried? Rebecca via Betty. Ah, right. So all the communication came through via Betty, right? Now they all had the same the same contact opportunities, but none of them did, right? Now I can understand Stephen, as he's more like me than David. David met me the once, and I don't know. I didn't feel like he accepted me as much as Stephen and Rebecca. Um, I thought Rebecca was the most um, welcoming. Mm. But then after, nothing. I mean, was I supposed to be needy and jump up and down and say, hey, what else can we do? You know, I'm not the little dog type with the big dog, if you know what I mean, like in the old cartoons. I'm not the one who goes looking for that kind of stuff, Mm. you know. 
So that was that um, until oh, what you can hear is amateur hour fireworks. Uh, that's like nearly two hours late. It's nearly two <laughs> hours late. It's quarter to two in the morning. <laughs> or it's a bikey raid. What is that? It's fireworks. Yeah. Anyway, moving <laughs> right along. <clears throat> so you could say, I think they got the idea mm. that that was it. Right, that the fact that they didn't get a reply letter, or didn't get a reply phone call, or or anything—that's cold. That's cold. The no reply left on red. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can probably tell why I'm a little bit cold mm. after having been through these types of situations. So there's nothing more like biological family that this is what's happened. Obviously, you guys, I have more um, control over what happens with us and our family now than what I did back then. But um, now this is where it gets really cold. Oh. Now, I don't know if I'm right, wrong, indifferent, but there was no communication for 25 years, <sighs> right? So all these events happened really quickly, right? So I would have been 25, 26 when the, when the last bit of communications happened. So would, let's say 23 years. So over 20 years, no contact, right? Now, obviously... I'd moved on and it would have been um, 18 months ago, I reckon. Now there's a, um, and I'm still, even as I'm speaking, I'm debating whether or not or how to tell this part of the story because, you know, there is regret. Did I do the right thing in my head? Or not. Maybe I did the wrong thing here. However, um, Betty contacted mum via a letter Mm -hmm. and said that she was dying of cancer. Oh. Now, you know this, right? You may have forgotten about it. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Um, But she said she wanted to reach out um, and... It was up to me whether or not I'd reached back out to her or not, right? Now, at the time, I'm like, you haven't contacted me in over 20 years and now that you're dying, you want to contact me. Unless you're either trying to go out with a clear conscience and I'm your dirty secret that you're want to clear your chest. I'm the regret in your life that you want to clear up before you walk off this mortal coil. The more I thought about it, the more I got a bit 
worked up mm. and I wasn't sure what I should do. And in the end, I decided not to contact her. <sighs> I didn't respond at all. I didn't tell her why. I didn't say no. I didn't give her what my thoughts were. I just said no. I didn't respond at all. Now, if I had have responded, would she have told me any great secret that she didn't tell me? Some recipe or something like that. Well, she could have told me more about my birth father. That story she told me may have been a lie. Um, That's happened. I've heard stories where the original story that gets told to the adopted person is a lie um, because they're covering something up. Um, I don't know. So obviously now, um, and she died about 12 months ago, maybe a little bit more. So obviously I did nothing. Now I don't know if people are going to think less of me because of it. But every situation is unique and everybody deals with their own certain circumstances in their own certain way. And that was the way that I dealt with it. I didn't deal with it. Um, But at the same time, I didn't feel anything either because of the lack of real... Uh, I felt like a curiosity. I guess in a way it's kind of poetic. You, When you were starting out um, with all the, oh, Betty's coming over, it all kind of fell on you without your control. In the end, Betty wanted to get in contact with you. No control, you didn't respond, gone. Yeah, I guess I guess I did take a little bit of control there. That was out of her control. Um, I feel, I do feel a little bit of regret. I feel like maybe that was a asshole act. I don't know, right? A little bit, maybe, right? Um, I remember when I first told you, you said, "Man, that is cold," mm. and I'm like, "Oh, maybe that's not the right. Maybe I did the wrong thing." Have um, I? Did I meet? Betty? No. Ah. No. No. Who was it that we met that one time? Were you... You haven't met anybody on that side? No. No. You've met um, mum and dad's folks, cousins, aunties? um... Because I remember someone called Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. Um, My mum's sister's daughter is Rebecca, so my cousin is Rebecca. There's too many. There's, there's a few Rebecca's there's going. There's too yeah. many. Plus, your cousin's yeah. name is Rebecca. Yeah. So there's a few Rebecca's going around. Um, but that's <laughs> that is what it is. You know, it's not a unique name. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much pretty much the story. Um, and the fallout from that is that. In the end, what this has taught me 
is that I'm responsible for my story only. I'm not responsible for Betty's story. I'm not responsible for her happiness. I'm not responsible for anybody's happiness except for mine. I can help you be happy. And But in the end, your happiness is up to you. My happiness is up to me. I don't know if I had the chance to go back and do things differently, whether I would or whether I wouldn't. I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy to talk to people about it. I think the more we talk about it, the more we can understand what this whole adoption thing is. The adoption story goes back generations. It goes back as far as time itself because for as long as time has existed in our puny brains, there's been people that have had children that they couldn't care for or didn't want that they gave to other people to raise. So I don't think adoption is something new in society or humanity, but for the adopted child, I think sometimes we can get a bit hung up on who it was that gave birth to us and who gave us life. Um, And I guess the bottom line is I refuse to let things like that get in my way of what I'm doing in this life. So I kind of looked at things like, okay, well, my family is who raised me, who was around me, my cousins, um, mum and dad, and and everything like that. I'm very fortunate that I was brought up in a loving household and I don't have any issues. Um, so obviously my sister Kylie, she's adopted as well. So we both grew up um, at being adopted. And so she got the same. We both sat down at that time when the laws changed. And oh. Kylie decided not to look as well. But the difference was that her birth parents didn't look for her either. Oh. So there's been no contact there. So she just doesn't know who they are? No. I think there is a bit of a backstory, but that's her story. Uh, that's not my story. Um, and maybe one day she'll come on and tell her story about why she's made decisions the way she has, how she feels about that, right? Because what this is is is, is our feelings and how we deal with the situation that we're in. And that's as basic as I can make it. So with that, have you got questions that have popped up while we've been chatting? Well, I've had questions in my head. Yeah. And then the next sentence, you would answer it. Right. Almost <laughs> as if you were reading my mind. Okay. So I'm out of questions, I guess, because they've already been answered. Right. Yeah. Well, the only, I guess the thing to put a full stop to this is 
Would I do a DNA test? To try Would and I do find ancestry? your father? Yeah, well, my birth father, yeah. Mm. Um, I have thought about it. Um, I mean, I could do it. And that's the thing, right? Yeah. And here is the thing that's out of my control, is that if you do it, mm. right? Now, And then I'd have the choice to tell you or not. Well, the thing is, that's your life and your story. Mm. And this is the thing that I think a lot of people who are adopted don't necessarily take into account. And especially with the DNA, with the Ancestry.com life that we live, right? Because what will happen is, say for argument's sake, you go and do it, right? What will happen is your DNA will pop up in somebody else's tree, Hmm. right? And then all of those people who are registered will go, who's this bloke? Especially if you use your real name. Mm. Then you'll get, hey, God. Uh, who the hell are you? What's your story? Right? So the question is, do I, and you, we could nearly poll this. If you if you want to have some feedback, uh, listeners, dear listeners, um, I guess first of all, you can tell me if I'm an asshole or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way, um. I'm happy to go with what you guys think. If I'm an asshole, then hey, I'm an asshole. Um, however, do I do the ancestry DNA or not? Right now, if I do, I'm going to pop up on that man's family history, and then is it a big? Um, do I thumb my nose at him and do I just leave it there? Because if I do that DNA, if I do that Ancestry.com, it's going to open a can of worms. Mm. But then if you do it or your sister does it, Uh-oh. it's the same deal. It's going to pop up in that family tree. So do I follow what I've done before. Now I'm leaning towards not doing it. Um, And it's not got anything to do with not wanting to know. It's got more to do with my situation is here and now. My story is not embedded in the past. It's about moving forward. I don't want to look back. However, I feel like if I did do it, there's a bit of spite there where the story I was told was that he was married with two daughters that were older than me and how would it affect the innocent parties. He may have already passed he might be still living you know so it's a pandora's box he'd be really old then he'd only be in his 70s yeah 
So there's every chance that he's still kicking. But at the same time, who knows, right? But there's every chance that there's siblings that I haven't met that I don't know. I, you know, well, they might be cool. They might contact me and tell me what the hell do you think you're doing? I'm like, hey, man, I'm just trying to put together my story, but what's the point of that? What closure am I going to get out of that? And that's what it comes down to for me. I don't need closure because I've already closed it. It's done. So um, it'll be interesting to see what people think. Um, leave your comments on the Facebook page. Um, I'll, I'll share the link tomorrow when it comes up. If Today. You, if, if you did enjoy, five stars on Spotify would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, we're, well, life's all about likes and follows oh, these days, isn't of it? Of course, it's all about the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's, um, that's pretty much it. Unless you've got another question. No, I'm all out. You're all out? Yep. Um, I think it's just about time for bed. It's now 2 o'clock in the morning. This episode will come up in, oh, let's say lunchtime. So What? I won't be up by then. I know. <laughs> um, but I'm, I may, nah, I'm not going to edit it. This is going to come out raw, raw and unedited. Yep. So I can say whatever. <laughs> you can say whatever you like. But the only difference is that up until now, I don't need to put on a profanity warning. If you go and profanity label the, the um, I was nearly going to say the arse end. I don't think that's profanity. Um, A-R-S-E, it's the donkey, Spotify. <laughs> yes, that's right. But, um, I, yeah, I don't need to do that. But anyway, we've babbled on for an hour. Uh, I think that's enough. So, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Um, have I done the right thing? Have I done the wrong thing? Who knows? Who knows? But you know what? But you know what I know? What's that? that? 2023 is going to be a great year. That's right. So, um, now one thing before we go is that I would love to talk to people in Adelaide. So I can pack up all my stuff and I can come over to your place we can have a chat, or if you're in the northeastern suburbs of Adelaide, you can come and be a guest in the studio. Um, I'll even put both lights on. Oh, <laughs> it's quite dark in here, actually. Um, but thank you again, everybody, for making 2022 such a successful year. I promise I will be back uh, to doing these pods more regularly. And until next time... Bye for now. See you later. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.